Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about US politics and the Trump presidency, or as we journalists call it, the gift that keeps on giving. I'm Freddie Gray. I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by John Carney, who is economics editor at Breitbart. And we're going to be discussing the latest twists in the Trump tariff trade war. Uh, John, so today uh, it's become clear that Trump is serious about tariffs on Europe, particularly. That's what everyone in Britain is most bothered about. And the European Union seems to be serious about retaliatory, retaliatory tariffs. The idea here is that Trump is making a big mistake um, because he's picking a fight with Europe and Europe is serious about retaliatory tariffs and that a trade war is back on, having sort of gone quiet recently. What say you to that? Well, I think it's important to put this in context. Let's just take the example of automobiles, which is another place that we don't yet have tariffs on autos, but we're thinking about it. Uh, and that's another thing that has upset the Europeans. Uh, U.S. autos exported to Europe face a 10% tariff. Uh, European autos exported into the U.S. face a 2.5% tariff. Mm. So the idea that the U.S. is starting a trade war, rather than responding in kind to, let's not call it a trade war. I don't think we're going to war uh, on trade with Europe. But, a, but that we are creating a sense of reciprocity in the world and that the EU has been with many countries have actually successfully negotiated themselves out of the steel and aluminum tariffs, which the administration has actually said today that they are set to, you know, put those in place right away against Europe, Canada and Mexico. Many countries have negotiated themselves out of those tariffs. Those negotiations have not gone well with the EU, apparently, mm. and uh, but not for lack of trying. Which countries have successfully got themselves out? So the, the, we've successfully negotiated deals with, for instance, South Korea uh, a, and a number of other uh, trading partners have been able to either – Instead of facing tariffs, they faced things like ex import quotas into the U.S. Uh, the problem is that the United States, just to remind all the listeners, the United States determined that its steel and particularly its aluminum manufacturing capacity faced a lethal threat largely driven by China dumping on the global market, which was depressing steel prices and threatening to put aluminum out of business and seriously damage the U.S. steelmaking capacity. And the Trump administration found quite reasonably that if we are unable to have a robust steel industry and we have no aluminum industry, that puts the U.S. at a national security disadvantage. And it wanted to act on this. So trading partners who are willing to do a deal on to in ways to suppress either China's ability to depress global market prices or uh, suppress their exports into the United States market are able to cut a deal. But do you think there's also there's a danger? I mean, there seems to be on the European side, there seems to be what you might call sort of uh, tariff virtue signaling going on where they say, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll 
we'll tariff Harley Davidsons because that will hurt, you know, the sort of thick middle middle Americans who hate who who like Trump. Right, uh, and they they've bourbon whiskey as well. Whiskey. Uh, but this is still quite even though it even though it's easy to laugh at, it's still quite dangerous if you get into this sort of war of words where each side is trying to show, oh, they don't care, they'll target things that will hurt you. That is quite dangerous, is it not? It is dangerous and it's irresponsible. As I pointed out about the auto tariffs, the EU already has quite high tariffs against a lot of US exports. I mean, that's one of the reasons the EU is what it is, right? It is an internal low tariff zone. Mm. And in order to make that a special thing, they have higher tariffs facing the outside world. The United States is almost unique in the world in that, of course, we are a zero tariff zone within the United States, but we are also a very, very low tariff zone facing our external partners. Donald Trump is very big on the sense of reciprocity, which is to say, if you have tariffs, we will have tariffs. Uh, and that's and then he also adds in the national security concern. Um, so I think the the complaints coming out of the EU, the, the very angry sounding complaints. One, I think it's just them pandering to their home markets and to sort of global elite anti-Trump sentiment. But I also believe that uh, it, I mean they're talking out of both sides of their heads. If they want to, they can drop their auto tariffs. And then maybe we'll have a better negotiation about steel and aluminum. I think some people might think that, well, you can see that America maybe has not has, has been on the sort of the bum side of a lot of deals for the last 20 years. You do have the advantage of being, you know, the world's reserve currency in many ways. You have huge strategic economic advantages. And so therefore, perhaps you get a slightly rougher time on trade than would you would in, a, in an entirely fair trade zone. But America does have a... Uh, a strong advantage in the global market nonetheless. And I think actually that has been one of the drivers of U.S. policy. We've sort we've assumed for generations now that we can kind of take the brunt of other countries' mercantilism and tariffs uh, because we want the rest of the world to prosper. That's still, frankly, our policy. We do want the rest of the world to prosper. We just think at this point in history, this is the Trump administration's point of view, and I think it's justified at this point in history, the EU is you know, quite prosperous. Uh, the, the time for the U.S. to subsidize the prosperity of the rest of the globe by basically opening our markets while they keep theirs at least somewhat close to our, our manufacturers has passed. And we are now entering a new era of trade and the rest of the world should get used to it because, frankly, it it, it is over. Uh, the the old era of trade is over. I mean, you hear it from both Democrats and Republicans now. It's not just the Trump administration. Look at the Democrats running for election in 2018. They sound, you know, even more uh, even more protectionist than the Trump administration does. Well, and also for Britain, it throws up a lot of interesting questions about Brexit because uh, clearly we're sort of split between the enticing idea of uh, a new world era that you're describing of, uh, you know, great trade deals between Britain and America and a, and a, new, a new era of frictionless global trade uh, and uh, the old European Union, which is our bread and butter. Um, what do you think? I, I this could be a great opportunity, actually, for 
Britain to escape the tariffs that we are about to put on the European Union. Brexit may end up being a escape hatch for the UK to get out and be able to negotiate a bilateral trade deal, I think, as I think we should, with uh, our very good friends in Britain, uh, who are not, by the way, anywhere near as um, abusive of US trade as some of the other European countries. And so I think this creates a an opportunity to make Brexit work even better for the UK. Well, yes, I, I, I can see the optimism there, but there's also a sort of idea that perhaps you know, at a time of ratcheting tensions between countries, we don't want to get out of the, the biggest customs union in the world. Well, I, you know, done right, it could put uh, you guys in the best position in the world, right? Where you could do a bilateral agreement with the EU and a bilateral agreement with the US and have the best of all worlds while the US and the EU, you know, fight about whose tariffs are the real violations of the idea of free trade. Well, yes, making trade great again. Thank you very much, John. Um, Speak to you soon, I hope.